welcome to episode two. Episode two. We're doing it. (laughs) I feel like uh, episode two makes it official. Yeah, for sure. Having kind of a schedule to go on and Mm -hmm. excited to see what what comes next. Yes. Well, how has your weekend been going? Going good. It's gloomy. It's very it's very gloomy outside. It's it's a nice fall weekend. Right, yeah, I'm totally Um, fine with it because it's setting the mood for the spooky season. Yeah, for sure. Um a little bit of rain, but not a lot. Um, but mostly chilly, so it's nice fall weekend. I know I totally had to turn my heat on because (laughs) it was freezing. (laughs) I I could not do it. But um, but I definitely turned the air conditioner off. It got way too cold. <laughs> we needed a person to turn it off. We had it on like a few days ago, and now we're switching over to heat. It's at sixty nine, so it's not like it's even really heat. It's just keeping it from. I don't know. My house is really cold all the time, even in the summer. We have it set to like. I think our air is usually at like seventy five or seventy six, and it's. Yeah freezing wow so if i set my temperature in the house to 75 it's hot it's like way too hot um yeah so i think the it. apartments because aren't you up high i'm like yeah yeah i am not too high but um well like the third second floor or something mm-hmm. and uh it, yeah it gets it gets a little too warm <laughs> so i have to keep it at like 72 yeah I think ours is cool because we have a lot of shade. We have a lot of trees shading our house. There you go. So we do get the sun in the evening and then the early morning, but the whole day is shady, so we can keep like it cooler inside. Yeah. But I'm I'm okay with the cool because I like fall. Yeah, (laughs) it's officially sweater weather. It's my favorite favorite time. Yep, me too. I had to get get the sweaters out and the leggings. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have a couple things to talk about today. I made yeah. um the first thing I, I have written down is the the Dahmer trailer. Oh. And then I have you next to it because yeah. <laughs> it's so I don't know if I can watch it. Did you watch the trailer? I did, yeah, actually, yeah, I, you know, we texted a little bit yesterday about this, and I had seen so many people sort of mentioning it, not specifically what it was, like, what it felt, you know, what it was all about, but just specifically Evan Peters, and mm-hmm. how intense this character is, mm-hmm. um, and I was just from that alone, that scared me. <laughs> I know. Um, but after we, you and I had chatted about it a little bit yesterday, I watched all three uh, teaser trailers that are available on Netflix. There's like, there's like three, to, there's, there's two trailers or I think I watched one or two. One additional one. And, um, just from those alone, I could not. Like, the guy is just 
I would agree with everyone that I saw commenting on it about how chilling it like he is in that yeah. room. How he would unsettling for that. Yeah, it's just it's I couldn't I don't know if I could do it because that's it's crazy. The atrocities that this guy committed. Like I just you know I think it kind of hits home a little bit. Well, first of all, I do love Evan Peters. Like mm-hmm. he is one of my favorite actors and he does, he's phenomenal. Um, yeah. So that's only probably the only reason why I want to watch it is because right. of him. But also, you know, that case in our hometown, Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah. The kid that was murdered in yes. our town. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Not too far. Yeah. Not too far. But um, he, I, that it's similar to that because he, mm. the guy was a cannibal and he was a, a freak. Wow. That's really wild. I didn't and think I just that. saw that he actually pled guilty for that crime. He should. I mean, wow. It, that was a crazy story. Right? We might, maybe we'll do that, talk about that eventually. But he, yeah. I mean, that was really sad. But I think it's just, yeah. he, it's just, sickening and I don't know if I can it really is my coworker. Be, oh go ahead I was gonna say you gotta be a crazy individual to <laughs> to even I just I can't wrap my head around like it, it's terrifying it's it's truly terrifying it to, is. to just even you know think about someone committing something like it's just it's wild to me and it ha- and it and it's happened like several times mm-hmm. so to me it's it's just uh, it's awful yeah I'm, I'm speechless I think my coworker was watching it like he had it on in the background at work because yeah. I mean we work from home so whatever and yeah. he would just message me randomly it's like oh I just saw Dahmer's butt Oh, there's his butt again. Oh, oh my lord! <laughs> Just like <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't he sort of involved? Like, uh, so I don't actually know the full story of Jeffrey Dahmer. To be quite I don't honest, yeah, think I do either. Let me <laughs> because I just know that he. He was very awkward. I don't think he was charismatic like Bundy was. I think he was just a weird dude. And he would lure them. I think maybe he picked up a hitchhiker and lured him back to his house to drink beer and listen to music. And then he ended up killing him. Wow. And then eating him. So he, this was in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um... Yikes. Um, and happened between his crimes occurred between 1978 and 1991. Dang. Oh, his his victims were were in Ohio and Wisconsin. So he traveled across state lines, it seems. Cool. Um, Ew. Wow. He's just a bad, bad dude. I mean, what serial killer isn't? But I think it's just the cannibal part of it that really sets it off for me. Like, what in the hell? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's so, so that's we, next level. 
He's known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. Ew. Uh, was an American serial killer and sex offender who committed the murder and dismemberment of 17 men and boys from 1978 to 1991. Many of his later murders involved necrophilia, cannibalism, and the permanent preservation of body parts, typically all or part of the skeleton. Wild. I mean, and I believe, I believe that most, if not all of his victims were gay black men. Really? Yeah, I think so. I'm not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> I think one of the clips that I watched of, of the show was one of his victims escaped, but he was drugged and he didn't know where he was. And her, uh, or Dahmer's neighbor was outside talking to the police, trying to convince the police that something's wrong with him. He's a weirdo. And this guy, you know, could be in trouble and not, you know, like what you're thinking, just drunk on the street. And then comes out of the building and saying, oh, this is my boyfriend. He's just really drunk. We got into kind of an argument and I'll take him back inside. And she was like, no. And then we're basically like, well, if you show me, you can prove that he lives with you. um, We'll let him go. And then they went up to his apartment and I'm pretty sure let him back in there with the guy. So he's probably dead. But yeah, I mean, I, I want to say, um, yeah, that's exactly right. So Jeffrey Dahmer targeted and killed gay men, some as young as 14. Damn. I don't know how true that is because the last one said, oh, four, 14 years of age, but 17 total men killed. Yeah. The other one, it started, they were starting at 17 years old, but it feels like a conflict, but. Um, I did read, too, that his dad would, because he was fascinated with dissecting dead, like, roadkill. And his dad, would they would drive around collecting roadkill, and then he would dissect it and, t- like, take its insides out. And oh, I mean, his awful. father clearly didn't realize that he had a severe problem, probably. No kidding. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Wild time. Like, I mean, this is just nuts. I would, I don't, if I were, like, living um, or around in the 70s, early 80s, with all these, ser- I mean, the serial killers. my mom, because she, I was like, Mom, do you, did you know who, you know, Bundy was? And, I mean, that was, she lived in Arizona when he was out west, mm-hmm. like, just killing everybody out west and I don't think she well she says she remembers you know hearing about it but she told me that um she was living in Arizona with her brother and his wife and um they were gone and she went to uh go do laundry or something and that she had to leave the apartment to go do it Mm -hmm. and there were police there and they were saying that they had caught a serial killer in the neighborhood or something that was targeting young women and my mom I, I think that's how it went she didn't really go into detail about it but mm-hmm. she said it was you know in her apartment complex or something like that or he was like raping women or something I don't know but the 70s and 80s and 90s were I think was it you yeah. that that serial killer 
the total serial killers in the 70s, 80s, and 90s? Yeah, I was. Yeah, there's like hundreds of them. It was a really between the 70s and 90s was a huge time. Um, I wonder what huge time plants for were in retrograde those decades. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to know the science behind. Like, I, I mean, look, I think that our, um, you know, science and forensics have evolved certainly from from that period of time. Uh, yeah. Um, sure. So it, I, I think that that sort of lends to, you know, a lot of them getting away with it for so long. I know. I mean, from, you know, the 70s to the 90s, that's a pretty long period of time where you're just not caught um, or yeah. have any sort of, you know. DNA, that's a, that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. DNA evidence has, like, you know, gotten a lot. A lot, or DNA science, I should say, has gotten a lot stronger. I, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. but well, speaking of, oh, sorry, you cut out a little bit. What'd you say? No, I just said it's it's pretty wild. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's my internet or something, but I'm a little choppy. But so hopefully that stops soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna also say, I think I brought this up to you too. The um, Serial podcast. Did you, mm-hmm. you, you say you listened to that? Yeah, I listened to it in 2014, back when it was like really making yeah. its rounds. And I'm pretty sure that you convinced me to to listen to it. Um, I would say because I work, we worked together when I listened to it, and that was like the yeah. very first podcast I ever listened to was Serial. I'm pretty sure it was one of the clo- one of the earliest ones that I listened to too. I don't think that there was, I don't think that there was another one that I can think of that was as early as that one, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that, that you encouraged me to listen to it, uh, but I don't remember a lot about it. I don't either, and I was thinking about re-listening to it because of the recent news of him being released, Adnan Saeed being released, um, because from what I remember, I, I mean, just from the podcast, I think it, there was two seasons. I think I listened to both, and from what I remember, I didn't think that he did it, but I, yeah, you know, I don't know. That was a long yeah, time. Yeah, I I feel like that's true for me too. I feel like I felt pretty strongly that he hadn't committed. I can't believe it was just you know, twenty three years in prison, and then bam, he's just out mm-hmm. because of a couple things they missed and I mean which makes sense but I bet that feels good um I mean I just I can't imagine what that must feel like episode 13 of Mm -hmm. serial that was released about his um release (laughs) it's only like 15 minutes long but I listened to it and I mean she she was she was in the courtroom so she was explained a little bit about it. Um, so that also made me want to re-listen to the whole thing again because mm-hmm. I forget. And there is also a documentary, too, on HBO about it. Oh, you know what? I I did know I did know about that. I think I may have that on my, my watch list. Um, I, I saved so many things. Uh, I don't think I've watched it. I need to, though. Yeah. I know. I, I've been in the mood for documentaries lately. Yeah, I get into moods where I, you know, watch a ton 
or like just crime in general i'll watch a ton at once and then i won't <laughs> won't watch it for a little while mm-hmm. it. get crimed out yeah um, did you hear about have you heard about the story the watcher i don't think so so this story is they're turning it in i just saw the trailer yesterday uh they're turning it into um a series on netflix and it's got okay. some good actors in it. and so basically the story is this family moves into this house they start getting letters from an anonymous somebody and saying creepy things like um uh, you know i am the watcher of the house um just like super creepy things and they keep getting and they don't know where they're coming from and it, I mean, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Maybe it's we'll a do true a whole story. That's yeah. a true story. True story. Yep. I didn't know that they were creating a show yeah. about it. I didn't either. Um, but that I actually read the they. I don't even remember what, um, uh, what newspaper it was in or what what media site it was on. But they did a whole full length like write up about. Um, about this whole situation and how like how creepy it was Um, so creepy people send this you know people sending letters you know not knowing who it is and trying Mm -hmm. to you know push people out of their house and uh yeah I did hear I I know about the story I'm very familiar with the story which is immediately um yeah interesting that's I'm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm excited to watch that because it looks creepy like a, it yeah. looks suspenseful and like one that well it's just flickered that was weird um it gets it's just really like suspenseful and yeah. on the edge of your, the trailer at least so yeah that's that's exciting I'm kind of excited to watch that for sure I'll have to keep my eye out. Um, I think it's coming soon. Coming out soon. I was I don't, just looking at um, it. I mean, a lot of stuff's probably going to be coming out in October because oh, yeah. they always scary stuff in October. Oh, yeah. Um, but I also... Ryan Murphy, too. Oh. So Ryan Murphy does scary pretty well. Okay, that's good. He does he does the American Horror Stories. Okay. Um, he's he's really be good. good. At, he's really good at creepy. That's good. Um, and one more one more show that I have noted here. Last night, I don't know. I posted it on our Instagram, but there was this movie on the the classic old channel, which I do watch sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it was an outer space movie, like an alien movie from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And it was called It Came From Outer Space. Oh. And let me tell you, <laughs> you know, I mean, first of all, special effects in the 50s, mm-hmm. not good. But it's it was so funny because it, the, basically it's about these three people, an astronomer, and he, they've come across this UFO crash in the desert and they go up to it. And he sees the UFO, but then all these rocks fall on top of it. So he's trying to explain to, like, the police and everybody, like, there's a ship down there. And nobody really believes him. They just think he's just this wacko job astronomer that just looks into the sky all the time. 
And, um, but this alien, they see it. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to um, make doubles of people that they know. And they can't, they can't decide, like, or they talk to the one person. And then they realize, because they are talking very strangely, Mm -hmm. and that it's a double. And they have to basically save everybody. Um, It was super funny. Like, it was a very... (laughs) silly movie but I it was just so funny that it was on and I was randomly like oh my gosh this is great <laughs> but I just had to tell you that one because I feel like that would be really funny to watch like an older yeah it's older just silly alien movie the special yeah. effect would make me laugh so hard it was I mean you could tell it was like one of those you know, in school, they had those projectors that they put yeah. under the lights. It literally looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> like the alien did. Oh, it was, it was really funny. But, um, yeah, that, that was, those are my shows <laughs> that I had listed here. Um, did you have anything to chat about before I talk about the next thing? I don't think so. I, I mean, outside of that Dahmer one that everyone's been talking about, um, I I haven't watched um I haven't watched or been interested in very much. I, I here's what I will tell you is there's one called Sins of Our Mother. Yes, I think I, I think I saw that. Yeah, it's about Lori Ballow, I think is what her name is. Um and, you know, that whole that whole situation with her two children and getting involved in the LDS church and you know how it all went down I think she murdered her two children and um her whole family sort of watched her downfall or I want to watch that yeah I haven't watched the entire thing but I've watched half of the first episode I sort of listened to it um yeah oh I didn't think it was out yeah, it's out. Um, I think I think there's three episodes or four episodes. Um, but yeah, I'm only about halfway into the into the first one, and they're sort of describing what her what her life was like, you know, before and sort of like I said, her downfall, her sort of like fall into this, you know, church mentality, mm-hmm. and so. It's yeah, again, that looks good. cult-like, cult-like behavior. It's just, it's, it's wild to me. I was listening to this new, this podcast I've started listening to, um, and they're called Quite Unusual, and they're, it's like two girls, they're funny, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to their ep- episodes right now called The Quiverful, and there's two parts, and it's basically about, you know, the, yeah, cult, church cult movement, yeah. religious, whatever, and Oh, it's it's interesting. Tied to that documentary about the um, fertility doctor. Yep, yep. Um, they talk about that in this episode. Yeah, that we watched. Yeah, that was really that. Not stuff. Freaking me to no end. <laughs> no, man, it's hard like, to watch. I was, like, like physically sick. <laughs> no, it's wild. Yeah. Like, it's just wild. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff. There's good shows out there. I swear, like, I used to be caught up on TV before I had a kid, and now 
I'm not <laughs> able to. Oh, I did want to say, <laughs> um, you know, BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yes. They have a new show on YouTube, uh, The Ghost Files. Yeah. I watched season premiere yesterday. It's good. It's really good. What do they cover? They just basically do what they did on um, Unsolved, where they, mm-hmm. the ghost hunting one, not the, not the true crime one. Mm-hmm. So it's BuzzFeed, is, what's it called? I is think? it Supernatural, maybe? I think I don't know. BuzzFeed, super, um, I don't know. They, they did true crime, which was all about crime. And then okay. I think you're right. I think BuzzFeed Supernatural, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if that's okay. right, but. Um, they do yeah, the same thing that they did on there. It's him and Shane, and Shane is still his, you know, skeptic, goofy self, but he <laughs> is takes it a little bit more serious than he did prior. Oh. And by a little, I just mean like a little. He's less. <laughs> he's still like outspoken and thinks it's silly, and you know, he's. I mean, but that makes it funny. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. <laughs> So, did they cover several stories or just one particular story? I think each one is a different location. So, they were at Waverly Hills, I think, for the first one, which is a lunatic asylum or whatever they called it back then. Okay. Um, And they had gone there before in one of their BuzzFeed shows. So, that's like a return to there. But um, spooky stuff. It's good. I liked it. It was enjoyable. I'll have to watch it. Um, yeah, um, those one, those supernatural ones that where they visit places are always fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah, um, funny. I don't think they stay overnight like they did in BuzzFeed. At least they haven't. They didn't do it in this one because they used to like sleep in the in the places. Yeah, I don't. They didn't in this one, but it's still really funny. I love I love those guys. I know like. You know, some people are don't like them because of how they approach stuff, but yeah. I don't know. I think that they're funny, and it's yeah. you know, That's obviously cool. Ryan is super, you know, into super believing cool. it all, and Shane is the skeptic. But and I think that's what makes it good is because they're just two extremes. Yeah, but. yeah, and then they, you know they're just I feel like they're just really great friends and it just makes it really comical and fun to watch they are um, yeah because their dynamic is just so great so yeah agreed I'll have to watch that yeah you should it's funny um and then I did want to bring up one more thing too because I thought this was insane I've been listening to this podcast called unexplainable and it literally every episode blows my mind um It literally blows my mind. If you're looking for a podcast to listen to that, you know, talks about outer space and the planets and things that you just can't really comprehend, um, that's a good podcast to listen to. And one of their episodes was called Making Making Sense, Sight Unseen. And there's a couple parts to, like, there's a couple, um, it's like a series. So they did a few episodes about our senses. And um, this one was about, it started off about talking to this girl who she was doing a yoga class or a meditation or something. And they were like, 
the girl was visualizing, she had like this vision and she was like, oh, that must be really cool to like visualize things. And then it goes into more detail about it. And she apparently, well, before I say it, when you think about like your dad or Mm -hmm. your grandma, do you see their faces when you think about them? Like in your mind's eye? I don't think so. No? I don't know. So like, I've never really thought about that before. So if I picture my mom, like right now, I, I know what she looks like. I can even, I know what, like if I were to talk and her, I could hear her talking. So are you saying if you think about them, do you visualize their face? Do you see, yeah. Like, do you see visions when you think about things? I think you do. Maybe I'm just not explaining it right. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know what? You know what they look like. Yeah, if I wanted to, I could picture them perfectly. Okay, that's that's what I was getting at. Sorry. Okay. Um, You could picture what they look like. You can picture what a tree looks like if you're not looking at one. Right. So this girl cannot do that. She doesn't see anything, which I don't understand how that's possible. But apparently, it's called something, and now I can't remember because I didn't write it down. But... (laughs) It's a, it's a condition, basically. Um, but they don't imagine things. They can't. And she's an artist. Oh. And so she has to have, um, like, a visual represent, like, to, to base her art off of, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of like that, too. If I was going to do a watercolor, I would need to sure. look at something. Sure. I still can see something, but I I can't put... My, that to paper very well Whoa. but she can't see that and I think that's insane it's almost like she doesn't have a visual memory right interesting okay and she never I has. definitely do um that's weird and then the when she found out about it she was asking her family members and stuff and they were like yeah we I can see in my mind's eye yeah and so then she realized, like, something was might be wrong with her. So she, like, went to the doctor and stuff, and they figured it all out. But I just thought that was crazy. Yeah, that is wild. I never really thought about that, to be honest with you. Interesting that people don't have that. I know. But that podcast... I've never heard of that before. That podcast is really good. And it, it's just... Every episode is so crazy. Mm-hmm. So listen to that podcast if you are interested in learning things that you may or may not want to even know, but now you do. And uh, it's super cool. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) But I had to ask that because, and I guess, you know, if you're listening and you're one of the people like her, let us know. I mean, I am so fascinated by that. I think it's great. Like, what's it like? I mean, what would it be like to you know, be in those shoes. I mean, that would be pretty hard. I know. Um, To not visualize things, especially if you're an artist. Right. That's got to be tough. I mean, it's like your main sense as an artist. I know. I thought that was really wild. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so crazy. Next thing I was going to talk about is... (laughs) So I want to go here eventually, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but this is called, this is in Michigan, in Memphis, Michigan, and it's a cemetery. And it's, uh, I'm going to read you a little blip about it, but it's called The Mystery of the Witch's Ball. And it's, I guess, maybe a legend, urban legend type thing, but the whole story behind it is pretty interesting. I saw it on one of the Michigan pages I follow on the internet. Mm-hmm. But so it starts off this marble sphere in a Memphis, Michigan cemetery mysteriously turns on its pedestal. In the back corner of the cemetery um, is an enormous black marble sphere that sits atop a granite pedestal. Am I saying that word right? Is it yeah. pedestal? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it marks the grave sites of the Miller family. The monument was placed on the cemetery after Eli Miller passed away in 1903. Um, after the sphere mysteriously rotated, it was given the moniker of the witch's ball by the locals. Um, and then, oh, let's see. Looking at the photo, which obviously you can't see it, but um, I'll send it to you. Uh, you notice a circle of, of rough marble on the 2,800-pound um, sphere. That's heavy. Jeez. That would have been the base when it was carved and it was placed facing down. Over the years, it's moved upward and no one has been able to explain it. Some say it's from the freeze-thaw cycles, but it's highly unlikely. It's too heavy for somebody to push around by hand. Um, and it, So it remains a mystery as to how it's rotated. Some believe that the ball has mystical powers and if you look into it, along with your reflection, you will see apparitions and other spirits behind you. Others have said they have heard strange noises coming from the woods behind the cemetery, which any woods behind the cemetery is creepy to me. Um, when this person visit, it says, when I visited, I did not see anything unusual. But it was a beautiful cemetery with a plethora of ornate old headstones. I thought that was super interesting. So... I'm very familiar with Memphis, Michigan. You are? I am. Um, I've never been to this cemetery. Um, Where is Memphis? I've never heard of this witch's ball before, but I'm looking at it and it's... Is Memphis in the thumb? Um, No, it's not. It is uh, closer to Detroit. Interesting. I didn't even know there was a Memphis, Michigan. I guess now we can move into the part of the show where I tell you, I don't know if you've heard of the, these, this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about it, mm-hmm. and then you can let me know. So, oh, okay. are you ready, or do you have yeah. anything else? No, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so, today we're going to talk about black-eyed kids. What? <laughs> have you heard of the black-eyed children? I've heard of the black eyed peas, never the black eyed children. <laughs> but um, it sounds so, terrifying. They call them BEKs. And a little bit of, uh, according to Wikipedia, so this is just kind of what they are. Okay. Um, they are an American temporary, contemporary legend, but we'll circle back to legend because. Anyway, um, they are, they resemble children between the ages of six and 16. They have pale skin and black eyes, and they're usually reported, um, being seen hitchhiking or, or begging kind of like, you know, sitting on the corner or 
the most popular, in my opinion, is encountered on doorsteps of just people's homes. In the world? Um, so back in the 90s, this reporter, Brian Bethel, he um, was pretty much the first person to talk about these, this encounter that he had and kind of went viral after that in the 90s, <laughs> which okay. was mostly on, like, internet, small, like, you know, whatever they had back then on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but it says, while tabloid coverage of these creatures has claimed that tales of black-eyed children have existed since the 80s, the most, uh, or most sources indicate that the legend originated in 96 by Texas reporter Brian Bethel. Uh, so on a ghost-related mailing list relating to alleged encounters with black-eyed kids. Um, Bethel describes encountering two children in Al Abilene, Texas, Abilene, Texas in 1996 and claims that a second person had similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of creepypasta and gained popularity um, that he published on an FAQ just to keep up with demand for more info about the urban legend. Um, in 2012, Brian Bethel told a story on the reality TV series Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate. Um, in 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced its director commenting that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years now, but he always, he thought it was fascinating. Um, during one week in 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran three front page stories about these sightings. Um, the paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. Um, some people believe they are extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts. And, um, let's see what else. So, Snopes rates Tales of Black-Eyed Children as a legend. And cities in, um, an article advise readers to file black-eyed children under the same heading as Bigfoot. Believe it if you like, but realize that there is no evidence of their existence, just subjective testimony that ranges from reasonable to suspiciously fame-whoring. <laughs> oh. However, I've never encountered one, obviously, but I have heard lots of podcasts talk about them. I've heard lots of stories about them, and... Um, they all, all the, all the tales similar are similar. Like all the stories that people have are similar. Hmm. They're usually so. I think Brian Bethel's was. They came up to his car, and asked for money, or asked to use a phone, or asked to take him somewhere. I can't remember exactly, but um, most of the time, people that run into these creatures feel like some a feeling comes over them where they feel like they're being kind of sucked into their energy and trying to get them to because the legend says that they can't come into your home or into your space without approval so if you say yes and they come in I don't know what happens um but if you say no 
then they can't invade your space. So (laughs) that's crazy. I have not never encountered anything like that. I've had nightmares about things like that, but certainly never. um, And quite honestly, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of them before. So do you recall any like story, like what one of those stories? Yes. Like, tell me, tell me more. Okay, so I have from thoughtcatalog.com, there are some uh, encounters stories with with these. Um, The first one is titled Midnight Caller. So it starts off, it almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog, Lucy, barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter, staring at our door like... An unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over the house noise. We only had had her for three months, and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creek from the house settling, the awnings moving outside from a breeze. So I wasn't too concerned. I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared, and I figured it should work with a puppy, too. I opened the door and she raced to the front door. She stood there, snarling at the door. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her that everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumping, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid, and backed down. As her mannerisms changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. One was just a smidgen shorter than me and didn't look much younger. I'm 21, and she looked to be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long around mid-back with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front, covering most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash that's popular right now, and a thin-looking olive-colored pullover-style hoodie, which I feel like most of them wear hoodies, hmm. if, I can't, if I can recall. Um, she, told, she held the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four in the same style jeans and a button-down cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but she had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She held a stuffed animal under her free arm, and it was identical to the one my daughter has, as was their style of dress. It had not been, had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I would probably have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the cold. Something had seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators I was at the door. The older one spoke. (laughs) She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She held her head tilted downward, and I couldn't see her eyes. We have to use your phone, she said. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly. And that was when I saw her eyes. And this must all be through the peephole, I'm assuming. Um, There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs. They were black. Um, Our mother is worried, she said. 
As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what she... I knew what she was the second she looked at me through the door. I have never been one to believe in these things um, as a staunch atheist and skeptic when it comes to paranormal. I had written off many of ghost stories uh, from friends and family members eager to tell me their tale. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. She kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. Um, at first, she seemed polite. When I took the second step back, she became demanding, almost hostile. Um, if, if we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again. May we come in and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backward. I got to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then quiet. I did not go back to sleep. I haven't slept since. <laughs> I know from reading about them that BEKs can't come in without permission. I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still fear I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, dread, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of the knock at the door tells me otherwise. So, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, why didn't she wake her husband up, first of all? Why didn't she wake her husband up? Why didn't she call the police? That would be my very first Same. instinct. Like, There's children outside being weird. Yeah. If you're, if you're you know, scared... Call the cops. I mean, you know, especially if if they're if they're alone and I don't know, something just doesn't feel right about that. Also, <laughs> that was a shocking amount of detail. It almost read like a um, fiction novel. I know it did. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm kind of with her husband on that. <laughs> Maybe it was a dream, and. <laughs> I know. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, here, are, crazy too. I know. There's some facts about the black-eyed kids I can read you. Okay. Um, the black-eyed kids, and this is still from the same uh, webpage, uh, the black-eyed kids will look like normal human children the ages of 6 to 16. With They always have pale skin and completely black eyes, obviously. Okay. Um, Additionally, people who have been in close proximity to them report the feeling of unease that wash over them, like I was talking about. They, uh, while nothing but the children's appearance generally frightens them, aside from their eyes, they still report feeling ranging from anxiety to terror just in their presence. Um, some people have also reported seeing black-eyed kids that have talons for feet. <laughs> I have not heard this before. Um, but most sightings are seemingly normal-looking children. Black-eyed kids are also commonly described as wearing dated clothing or dressing in a manner that is not typical of a normal child their age. They always ask for something. It's always something that involves being in close quarters with you. They'll ask for a ride in your car or, enter, or to enter your home to use your phone. There are no reported stories of what happens when you let a black-eyed kid into your home. All the stories come from people who had eerie feelings, made them flee from the children. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then theories, oh, this was already said, about the black-eyed kids. Um, 
Some say they're vampires, some say they're aliens. Some say they're of demonic origin. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you know, these st- they have to be. If, if these stories ring true, I mean, there's no way that, you know. I agree. There's been, there's several stories. This is um, a shorter one I can read you. It's titled, You Must Let Me In. Um, on March 17th, 2008, I had my one and only encounter with a BEK. Before having my experience, I had never heard of anything to do with them. I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed, and I saw some kid walking by and back and forth along the sidewalk in front of the parked car I was in. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my school friends. So I banged on the front windshield until he looked my way. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stared. I like to think, I think to let me get a good look at him to freak me out. Um, But let me tell you, if you have not seen a black eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils, pupils black as the night sky. And the boy whispered to me, you must let me in. Then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below seats. Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black-eyed kids had come, black eyes came into the hairdressers and insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. She refused, thankfully. <laughs> why would, why would she give her keys? Also, um, but, why are people calling the cops on these children with black eyes? Like, is, no. like, did they ask them what's wrong with their eyes? I feel like something comes over them with that feeling of unease to make them not do anything. That's what I've also heard. It's just they are so anxious and terrified. It's kind of like those ghost stories, you know, like the stories where you hear um, they see a ghost and then they fall back to sleep afterwards. They put the blankets over their head and fall back to sleep. I'm yeah. sorry, but I would not be doing that. I would not be no. falling asleep. I'd be awake for the rest of the night. Yeah, there's no way. I don't know why anybody would do that. But there are some creepy, creepy stories about these guys. Seems a little strange to me, but I mean, I don't know. I've never been through it. Right. Um. But the very uh, uh, here's what I'll tell you <laughs> is that the very first thing I would do is call the cops if there were two children who would who are just not with yeah. it. Yeah, that's it's really something. <laughs> yeah, I um I feel like I've heard a lot of different things on what they could be, so mm-hmm. and why they would want to enter your space and what they would do if they were given permission to. Sure. Um, I feel like I heard one story before on a podcast where a lady did let them in and a lot of bad things in her life happened after that. Like people, she got cancer and somebody else died that was close to her um, from cancer or something. So I don't know if they're just harbingers of, death or something like they come when things kind of like Mothman comes before 
something bad, like settings of him come before bad things happen. Or they could be demons that are just trying to be demons and <laughs> get into your possess you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could be. I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I recall a movie with a cover like that, but I don't know if maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, they did have a movie about it. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it's about or anything, but there are a couple, a couple books about them. I think. Let me see. I think it was. It's called The Black Eyed Children. It's by David David Weatherly, and he is a pretty well known author in the spook world, the creepy world. So I mean. They could very well be a bunch of kids just out there trying to scare people. But the young ones, that's what gets me. If they're, like, little, mm-hmm. why would why would you be out yeah. pranking brother and sister when they're little like that? You know? I don't know. And I think that's another tactic, too, to get people to let them in is because they're young kids with them. That's true. That's people true. are more likely to bring them inside because they're little kids. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. But, um, I'm, like I said, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. So, I don't know. This one's kind of hard for me to believe. Um, I mean, hey. That's what skeptic. I mean. Yeah, I don't think that maybe every encounter is probably true. I think maybe mm-hmm. some of them might be, but who knows? Yeah. Interesting stuff, though, because I this is the first time I've heard of Black Eyed Children, and um, I didn't know it was kind of like a widespread thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a bunch of little creepy, another kind of creepy kid thing yeah. going on. Kids, kids sure. are creepy, like I say. <laughs> that would be a creepy way to dress up your kids for Halloween, though, for sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to do it with Emma and I. We're going to be black-eyed children for Halloween. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's great. But, yeah, that's, that's what black-eyed children are. Other spooky stories like that. I feel like there was any time you know stories or movies or you know whatever has people who just like watch you and don't move it just it's so creepy to me no it's so unsettling yeah it oh my gosh I just I can't take it it's too much um there was a movie and I can't remember the name of it where they had masks but they wouldn't move they were just staring at you um and they they ended up murdering this family in the in this house was it a family i can't remember but i don't know if i've seen that one i don't like masks i don't like halloween like i don't like any halloween costume with masks because you can't i don't know what the face they're actually making who it is i just don't like it at all yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's, oh, it's called The Strangers. Oh, that does sound familiar. 
Yeah, it's called The Strangers. Um, and I, I do not think that I made it through. Because <laughs> even the, um, even the, um, poster has spooked me out. Ew, no. I've not ever seen that, and I don't think I'll ever watch it. Highly recommend not watching it, because especially if you're freaked out <laughs> by the, it's just, it what? doesn't feel good. Liv Tyler's in it. Ew. It's been so long since I like <laughs> watched the you know first part of it at least. Um, I... When did that come out? Two thousand and eight. It's been so long. Yucky! I don't like the any of the masks. I don't like it. Nope. Yeah, nope. It's nope. Nope. The plot follows Kristen and James, who stay at a vacation home, is disrupted by three masked criminals who infiltrate their home. The screenplay was inspired by two real-life events, the multiple homicide Manson family tape murders and a series of break-ins that occurred in Bertino's neighborhood as a child. Some journalists noted similarities between the film and the Ketty Cabin murders that occurred in Ketty, California in 1981. So Bertino did not cite this as a reference. Ooh. That's Yikes. even more chilling to know that it's based on certain stories or reality in some way. I know. I First of all, I'm not going to watch it because I don't want it to ruin me ever renting an Airbnb or a, you know, <laughs> something like that for the future. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, did you say that there was... Um, Final Destination movie coming out? Yeah. Yeah, there is. I mean, they're, I think they're still sort of like in pre-production of it. But I sent you this story oh, yeah. <laughs> about the producers and their pitch. <laughs> oh, that was great to the to the executives who were who they were pitching to and um so it says <laughs> this is just a, a very small section of it but it says according to sources the duo pitching this this final destination sequel I think it's number six in the series um, the duo were already in line to get the gig when one final Zoom pitch meeting became some in what some in Hollywood called the Zoom call to end all Zoom calls, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, the duo made their pitch to New Line execs and producers together with a burning fireplace behind them. I mean, that's dangerous, right? They've got to yeah. have like firefighters and all of this you know waiting just in case something goes wrong as they wrapped up the meeting the fire came alive and the whole mantle began burning again this is, this is pretty extreme the filmmakers stopped and after a tense moment I would really like to see this happen I know what does a tense moment mean were they unable to put the fight anyway right <laughs> After a tense moment, quickly extinguished the flames. 
As they sat down, everyone relieved the accident had passed. A wrenching creak was heard, and suddenly the whizzing ceiling fan broke off and flew down, decapitating one of the filmmakers. I mean, this is, if you know Final Destination, you know that it's all about eating death and death coming after you until it finally, you know, meet, you meet your maker, essentially. Um, it goes on to say, the execs and producers went from concern to all-out laughter. First of all, I would not be that producer. I would be in a fit of tears. Like, what in the world is going on? Like, imagine something going terribly wrong with this pitch, and then someone getting hurt. That's me. That's that's who I am. Um, oh, so good. Using a combination of pre-recorded footage and visual effects had transitioned seamlessly and showed their unabashed enthusiasm. It was, to all involved, the cherry on the top. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> no, I really, I mean, that's really something. Like, that's a lot of enthusiasm to go through all yeah. of those channels and make that happen. I mean. I mean, this has got to be on the internet somewhere. I, I have to watch this. I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever release it, but I hope that they do. Because I just find that to be so fascinating that they went through all of that just to. <laughs> I mean, they did pre-recorded footage. They did special effects. They probably had stunt doubles. Oh. Um, they better. I, amazing. I, I think that they nailed it. I mean. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Final Destination 6 is going to be made. But yeah, that was uh, quite the story that I read. Um, <laughs> I, you know, just because of that story, I'm actually pretty fascinated to watch this movie when it comes out. Because if that was the pitch, I mean, I can't imagine what the movie will end up being. I actually really enjoyed the Final Destination movies, and I thought they were... They, they were pretty intense, um, you know, whenever they first came out. But um, I just remember um, seeing one of them before I took a flight for the very first time in my life. Oh, God, okay. And that was probably a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never really been... I've seen... I don't know if I've seen all of them, but I've seen... Some of them, for sure. Yeah. Trigger warning, if you're going on a flight or, you know, don't like car crashes or, you know. <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, some of them are pretty gruesome. I mean, th there's a yeah. lot of them that are pretty gruesome. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, if not all of them, but I feel like that's a yeah. particular statement because, I mean, I feel like there was a tanning bed involved in one of them. Like, yeah, it's just the most wild and crazy ways to. Here is what I will say. They remind me of. So, have you ever had what they call? Um, oh God, Matt and I have talked about this several times because we both have them, and they're from anxiety. But you visualize something terrible happening, like randomly throughout the day. 
-hmm. Like, for instance, every time I drive over a railroad track, Mm -hmm. I visualize a train hitting my car. Don't know why. I'm not sure. But I always visualize that. Mm -hmm. Or it just will be triggered by something. It never really, it doesn't like affect my life. It's just, I see it and I Mm -hmm. visualize it and I move on. But it's like, that's what those movies are to me, are just constant, um, um, those visions that just randomly happen, but they actually happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like I have those too. I also have the train track one, um, but only because I've had a situation where, aside from the situation that we talked about last time, right. um a train the train tracks um the the flags the what do you oh, call it? Yeah. the bars that come down um they did not come down until the very last minute and it was like i mean the train was going so fast that it just it didn't give the bars enough time to lower completely and could have very easily been on the tracks when that happened um it was was a high speed train and the the train was going that fast in a like residential area like very very close to many many homes so it's like it's not something that it's not something that um you know would have been it was just very scary and so I always think about that whenever I cross those particular tracks. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, like, post-traumatic stress. Like, you know, I think something might happen. Yeah, in in postpartum world, they call it intruding thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, they never affect me. Like, I don't do something because of it. I just always have them and I don't know if I'm crazy or not but I always I always do I always have them not crazy it's it's a thing with anxiety well yeah that's all I got for today awesome quite an episode um lots to talk about television film I should have brought that um brought that uh, final destination up when we were talking about television and film I know I just thought of it. That's why I brought it up. But and, um, yeah, black-eyed children. Lots of creepy stuff. Yeah, don't let any black-eyed children into your homes. Yeah, whatever you do, don't don't let them in. Call the cops. <laughs> Please call the cops. Get the children some help. Yep. <laughs> Get the children some help. <laughs> yeah, help the children find their mother. Just don't let it be you. Yeah. Let the cops deal with them. Yeah, don't adopt these children. No. Not a good idea. <laughs> oh, well, um, you, we still need to hear, we need, you know, some, some stories, some creepy stories from our listeners so that we can read them. So send them our way. You can email them to um, our email, which is ycmopod, you're creeping me out pod at gmail. You can follow us on Instagram. You can message us, whatever, message us those stories. Um, you're creeping me out pod podcast on Instagram. Um, but yeah, those are the two 
two places you can leave us a review you can leave a ghost story in a review if you want oh. we can read those but thanks again jessica for coming on this journey with me to I'm tell excited. you great things <laughs> this is fun you know we we got to talk about a really good halloween episode I know. give us time. i'm really pumped for that send us things you want to hear about too because we can we can talk about it yeah we'll talk about it on the pod yep all right well until next time thank you for listening and we'll thank you everyone we'll see you later <laughs>